Excellent. An ale for me. And for my officers. In fact, ales for everyone. Turn backwards. With Rick and Rick and Will and Gemma. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to Ten Backward, a Star Trek podcast from the UK. My name is Rick and as ever I'm joined by my wonderful co-hosts, Gemma Turland. Hello. Will Turland. Hello. And Rick Everson. Hello. Over the last few episodes we've been going through season three of Picard and this episode is no different. We'll be talking about episode six of season three, The Bounty. I'd like this episode was sort of Easter Egg City, wasn't it? That was actually, I was just about to say, uh, the alternative title for this episode could have been, yeah, Easter Egg City. <laughs> or Fanserviceville. <laughs> um, Why does it have to be a place name? Because it has to be. <laughs> there needs to be directions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How are you going to get there otherwise? I'll put it in the sat nav. <laughs> so how, do, how does this episode open? I, I don't remember the I don't remember the opening of this episode so we see a transponder left by the Titan mm. and three other ships appear Yeah, um, and then we see one that the Shrike finds and Vadik's getting frustrated because um, she's trying to find Picard and obviously they're leaving these transponders sending out false signals all over the place I like yeah. in this I like in I mean I might be misremembering and this is a this is something that's been on happened for a while but i really like the the sort of the the whip crack sound when a shipper warps in i, I think mm. that's really I, I think that's really cool <laughs> yeah yeah it was it, i think that's something the new trek has obviously brought in but it is kind of cool that when a ship arrives it's like Pshaw! rather than the sort of very gentle warp in that we used to have yeah you know, i quite like that because um gives you a better sense of like actually warp warp travel is kind of like literally tearing open into subspace and traveling yeah i mean quite often in tng we we wouldn't always see ships warp in we'd start the episode where the ships the ship was already there Mm. and i I do wonder if that was a bit of an effect saving thing yeah well the occasions we did see a ship arrive by warp didn't always look that amazing if i'm honest (laughs) <laughs> yeah, if if we would if we had if have focus on the Enterprise dropping out of warp, it looks fine. But I'm thinking of um, end of season two of DS9, the Jem'Hadar, and Worf, not Worf, sorry, um, Jake and Nog have got onto the runabout, and then they see the Odyssey warp in, and it kind of just looks like it drops in in a little blurry light. It's not particularly. And yeah, it's nineties effects. So I'm not going to be like all down on it, but I think yeah. what they're doing now is Rick said is much more, much more interesting effect. So yeah, but yeah, the point is um, they're all looking for the Titan. The Titan's on the run, looking mm. for it. Vadik's going, getting mad. There's apparently a ticking clock for Frontier Day, and Vadik uh, says she wants to find any of Picard's associates, past and present, you know, any colleagues, anyone you might turn to for help. And then announces, we'll scorch the earth under which he stands, and the night will brighten with the ashes of the Federation. Every friend to whom he might turn, every loved one in which he might seek comfort, we will scorch the earth under which he stands, and the night 
will brighten with the ashes of the Federation. And she, uh, yeah, Cherry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's brilliant. I love she that. Is so good. She's awesome. <laughs> yeah. But we, we very quickly get into... Uh, get into a heist, basically, don't we, on, hmm. on Daystrom Station? And I think one, one thing I liked about this episode is that we don't we don't hang around. Like we could have had an episode where we spend the whole episode sort of planning that heist, <laughs> sort of get into it in the latter half, maybe. But it feels like in this in this season, we we get to the point very quickly. Mm. Um, it, yeah, it's it's been pretty lean storytelling, I would say. Yeah, um, but mm. this, this episode has a brilliant, a classic sort of style, classic TNG style ready room scene, where uh, they yeah. where yeah. they go through what they know. This is the first mm. time that Worf, so Worf is um, Worf and Raffi have arrived. Yes, yeah. I was, was so, going to say, shouldn't we just talk about that arrival first? You should, yeah. Worf and Raffi here, um, well, beam in. Um, uh, Beverly wants a hug from Worf, <laughs> which is quite a nice moment. Um, and yeah. then, um, yeah, Picard says it's been too long, and Worf says... 11 years, five months, four days, minus your infrequent messages and the annual bottle of sour mead. Sour mead? Chateau Picard. It is quite tart, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is a nice touch, and it um, again brings us back to a point we've made before. I really like the the running gag yes. that you know Chateau Picard may not be the classy wine that Picard <laughs> imagines it is. Maybe it's maybe it's the joke of the galaxy. Maybe the old amazing Captain Picard mm. retired and started producing mediocre wine. Really? <laughs> well, because they, they 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 beam in off the ship that's been the ship. In all of Picard, mm. um, so, but then again, later on, they leave, don't they? So I'm assuming they leave yeah. on the same ship. Yes. Yeah, they do. They do. We're talking about La Serena, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not discarding the, that ship. No, no, that's still in use. Yeah, although yeah, I don't know how I don't know if that was completely clear though no. that they left on that show. I don't remember them. We s- never actually saw them leave, did we? No, and I don't know if we saw that. I think it's just a logical yeah. assumption, yeah. really, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Obviously, Raffi was ap- operating out of La Serena, so more than likely that's what they're using. Yeah, but I don't I don't remember a, you know any sort of establishing shot that showed you know that ship kind of docking or. Yeah, mm. yeah, mm. yeah. I wasn't actually. Yeah, I wasn't 100 percent clear no. that they were still using that ship. Um, but it's it's sensible to assume. That. Yeah. But it's great to see those characters together. I mean, it's what 20 years, 22 since, since yeah. most yeah. of those mm. characters have been the same. Amazing. Yeah. It's um, it's very apparent in this episode that how Worf has sort of obviously grown and changed as well. Yeah. Which is really good. It suits him, to be honest. It is, isn't it? And I think this yeah. is something interesting that Picard season three has done, is that he's brought back all these characters but said, well, you know what? Like, you're kind of a different person. Mm. You know, if there's a 20-year gap, um, you know, people change over time. And let, let's let's bring these characters back, but let's have them 
be you know different characters mm. they've had life experience between now and the last time we saw them so they're not they don't have quite the same outlook mm. that they used to have and I, I think that's really good I think that, that feels realistic it is absolutely Worf's perceptive and it, yeah I mean I think there's the bit when they go to the mission so Worf, Raffi and Seven are all heading to the transporter room mm. and Raffi and Seven have a bit of conversation with Worf and says that he's been in battle alongside lovers many times mm. and it can be therapeutic for them and when Seven says she's not going Worf's like oh that's good I was lying yeah. um, <laughs> yeah, breakups are bad he's like oh, thank god <laughs> awkward <laughs> I have gone into battle with lovers countless times. It can be therapeutic. I'm not going. That is a relief. I was practicing deceit. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, that is brilliant because he's just so much more. He seems so much more at ease with himself, which is great. Yeah, but it but it doesn't seem at the same time. It doesn't feel like that's out of character. No, no, it's very much still within his character. Like he's he's just progressed to this point. Right? Yeah. I also like that we get an, an acknowledgement of uh, Seven and Raffi's relationship mm. and, and where that is, although it's not, um, we don't get a lot of time on that. Mm. At least we haven't forgotten that they were in a relationship. It, it, it does feel that they, they felt that they had, they just put in a few lines just to tick that box, though. I, Maybe. I mean, I feel like there's just not going to be time to address it. Yeah, and this is probably the best we can hope for. So, you know, it, they've at least acknowledged it rather than just ignore it. But there's just no time to really do anything with it. I mean, I might be wrong. They might, we might find episode nine is all Raffi and Seven. Yeah, I'll be surprised at this point. I I wouldn't say that over the last couple of seasons the the Raffi Seven relationship has been like, the yeah. most successful. I just I feel like maybe the, the writers haven't quite known what they wanted to do with it. It's not had the time and attention. And Raffi's really character as well, I would say. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. I think it's just Yeah, I mean I, I think Raffi works that character works best probably by herself. I I think I'm I'm not sure I'm not sure how you would sort of create the time like you were saying Rick how, how you create the time to sort of establish these things for that character which is great she's great with Worf because they're both mm. you know warriors I guess they've, mm. they've they're, yeah. and I, I imagine Worf can see in her how he was not too long ago mm. like she's quite an angry person like she's willful and angry and wants to do the right thing and, and Worf's like well I would like that not too long ago, so you know he's a he's a he's got a bit of a mentor. He's a mentor for her, mm. I guess. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we then we then get very quickly into the uh, into the heist, don't we? Yeah. Um, oh, can can I just mention though those leather jackets that some of them get to wear? Ah, they're so waiting. cool! Oh, I love yeah. those. I want one so much. <laughs> Yeah, they are nice, those jackets. Yeah, they, look, oh, they just look amazing. But yes, yeah, then they go on their, their heist. Yeah, and, and then very quickly the Titan has to abandon abandon those characters there uh, mm. because mm. because Starfleet show up. Um, it's a pretty cool and exciting scene, uh, but it, it, that sort of sets up the rest of the episode, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 
I think, and I think this is why like, this episode. Okay, there, there's an S ton of Easter eggs in this episode, but mm-hmm. it doesn't. It isn't about them. When they, 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 a lot of them, some of them serve a really important purpose in this episode, mm. and it's the main. And it's not. And it doesn't detract or 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 distract from the from the main plot. There's there's real stakes at this point in the series. Like this is something I've been impressed by. Is like. This is really serious. Like this is some really mm. serious stuff that they're involved with. Mm. Like, and sometimes, sometimes the drama in Star Trek, recent Star Trek, can feel a bit forced. Like it's not, but with this, it seems to have built and built and built. And and this is maybe the first episode where, like, the good guys are going on the offensive. They're trying yeah. to, yeah, to to yeah. And yeah, I mean, I, I love that that scene where the Titan walks in on the sort of the the dark side of the moon almost i guess and it's mm-hmm. it's, just, it's very dramatic it is yeah <laughs> like yes this is so cool <laughs> um so yeah shall we talk about what 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 we find on the um on the daystrom base yes yeah well first of all we find um some strange thing we find we we see a crow um, and we see. Well, are you, are you the, talking the, more the about the items? Not. I was the... talking about some of the Easter eggs first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I guess the crow is not an Easter no, egg. No, so well, it is, but we'll we'll, we'll yeah. get to that later. Um, so War says it's where Section Thirty One keep a load of their stuff. Mm-hmm. Their um, some, what did he? What, how does he describe it? Most various table scraps. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's got um, words, Worf, these days. So I watched. Yeah. So I watched this episode. I think I watched this about four times, and I would stop. So I, I, so I spotted, I spotted like the Thaleron generator from Nemesis, mm-hmm. the Genesis Two device. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Captain Kirk's body. Oh hi, that's really weird. Project Phoenix, apparently, according to the text on there. A Borg the body vin- was retrieved under Project Phoenix. Ah, sorry, what's that, Rick? A Borg vinculum mm-hmm. and a, a tack tribble. Ah, the yeah, attack yeah. tribble, yeah. Apparently, yeah. And apparently, when um, Moriarty shoots at Raffi and Riker, I think mm-hmm. and they duck behind that. When they duck, you can see another one, and apparently, that's the body of Jonathan Archer. Yes, I'd heard that. So I hadn't seen Archer's body. <clears throat> I'd heard that that it is glimpsed in this episode. Oh God! So, yeah, so it seems like Section Three, and they had Picard's body. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Project Phoenix, then. Like, is well, it really? Is that the idea that they could bring back old captains as I... if you can't have new? Great captain. Pica- Picard shouldn't have left Kirk under a big pile of rocks. <laughs> yeah, he didn't even bury him properly, did he? No, well, he, didn't bury him. He, he didn't have a great deal of uh, to work with. He didn't have soil to dig in or a spade. But I, I don't really understand why he buried him on there under those rocks. Anyway, why didn't he? I don't know why he didn't sort of tell everyone. It's like. Guys, you're not going to believe this. We've got Captain Kirk here. Uh, yeah, he is dead. Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> Whoopsies. Um, but we should maybe do something. <laughs> like have, have the ceremony. He just buries him on his own. On that planet, doesn't tell anyone. It's what Kirk would have wanted. <laughs> I guess. 
<laughs> it's okay because he's now been he's now in a space station in a pod well i i, I kind of apparently I, in, in my head canon it it kind of makes sense for for section 31 to keep the keep, their meat keep genetic material from like important some, figures some in and Kirk, Kirk, Kirk yeah. had been in, Kirk's been in the Nexus. Yeah. yeah. So maybe they want to if they want to work out how to summon the Nexus again, whatever it is, because it's, it's still out there, right? Or yeah, did it get destroyed? Probably. No, the Nexus is still flying around space. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't think it'll. I can't. I can't really see it going anywhere unless people really want it to. I think it's just a. It's just a. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just a fun Easter egg. Yeah, I did have a little nerd fantasy that maybe that's that's hinting (laughs) that we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get Archer back in somewhere. Like maybe he'd show up as a hologram. Maybe well, that's. I mean, that's slightly different. I think. I think that is something that that has more potential mm. because enterprise didn't really get a proper send off mm. from the yeah. fans and i th- i think scott dracula would probably be probably be up for it if it was the right sort of thing if it was done the right way you know yeah. and the rest of, and obviously the rest of the crew mm-hmm. well i think i think um, the fact that they did they resolved the, the row story in the way they did shows there is an appetite in the writing staff to go back and address some things that didn't get finished so Enterprise would be a prime candidate, really, wouldn't it? Doesn't necessarily mean in Picard, but at some point, yeah, in this age of Trek that we're living in, it could well yeah. happen. And yeah. maybe this is just a way to plant the seed for another series to pick up on later. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that could be very. But anyway, so yeah, they trigger <laughs> after all these cool, these cool table scraps slash yeah. Easter eggs. I guess Wolf couldn't say this is where this is where <laughs> Section Thirty One stored their most nefarious Easter eggs. <laughs> that would have been yeah. funny. Yeah, um, yeah we most get nefarious nerd wank references. <laughs> we get a crow, and then and then we get um, flipping Moriarty. Moriarty. Yeah, uh, it's very cool, and he's that was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, it's right, like, uh, and what they do with his voice as well to make it more sort of booming and threatening and scary. Yeah, <laughs> and, and Riker points out that it's not the self-aware Moriarty that we last saw in TNG. It's kind of like sort of the original version of Moriarty. This is not the same self-aware Moriarty we encounter on the Enterprise. More of a holograph, perhaps a projection. Which I which which wasn't what I was expecting. I think no, when, I, no. when I heard that because we saw Moriarty in the trailers, so I had assumed that we'd see a continuation of that character that we last saw in uh, and sort of towards the end of TNG. But that that isn't what we got really. No, no they they pulled a fake out on us there. Mm-hmm. We all we all saw Moriarty in the trailer, made an assumption, and actually it's not what we thought. Yeah, so he's he's he was very much just a cameo, really. Mm. Um, he gets he gets a few lines, um, but he's he. I don't feel like he's going to be a major character. No, I think he was a one-off, show. wasn't he? Mm. So yeah. But um, yeah, the, the music, real... and the music. At this point, yeah. music is playing as well. Mm. Like music mm. starts playing, or certain notes do. Sorry, and and Will being a, a 
you know, a music fan, he he recognize well, he knows what they are anyway. Yeah. The notes anyway. Yeah. And we, we get some actual we then get some actual footage from um Encounter at Farpoint. Uh yeah, when he when he realizes what the tune is, that was yeah. that was really good. That really I thought that was really beautifully done. And I, I love that as well because um, when I watched Nemesis, the bit that was got me that Data had died was af- after the fact when they were all having a drink together and um, Riker references when he first met him, he's trying to whistle the song. And in Nemesis, Riker's like, I can't remember what tune it was. Um, and I was like, saying, oh, that's Pop, it's the weasel. And it, you know, it harkens right back to that. And it's a, it's mm. a really good... So to have this... Have, have have this as the thing, and I suppose in a way it's almost like a it's almost like a changing security check because it's a memory test of an event, isn't it? Yeah, like remembers this tune, he gets through. But yeah, it's a it was a really big it was a, such a such a lovely moment and done really well with the um, clips back to uh, encounter at far point. Yeah, I. I wasn't expecting that, and it does, no. and it does jump back really well. Like it, and I think because it's Riker as well. Like we get to see him; it's almost like his memory. Mm. Um, yeah, we get to see him, and, and it's that, and it's like a really early moment in TNG as well. Um, yeah, it's just wonderful. Like this, yeah. this part of the, I'm not. This part of the episode felt like a bit of a bit of a love letter to TNG. Yeah. Like, yeah. This episode especially is a bit of a love letter to Star Trek anyway, and rightly so. But that but that yeah. scene definitely felt like a bit of a love letter to Yeah. To but it was all, I also found it exciting because I was like because I knew that Brent Spiner was coming back in some capacity for this season. But I hadn't I'd assumed it wouldn't be data because we'd see as Rafi says, data already yeah. died twice. But I was like, I, I was very excited. As soon as we got the hit, I was like, "Oh my god, they're going to br- actually bring back data!" <laughs> it, because, I mean, if you think about it, how do you how do you do a season where you bring back the whole TNG crew, mm. but you leave data out like that? It just it's going to feel like too much of a glaring omission, and he was too big a character. Yeah, um, apart from the fact that he died. Yeah, but I mean, clearly that's. For that, been that's, dealt with. That's, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah, I wasn't expecting they would find a way mm. to bring it back, but they they have, yeah. they have, but they haven't. Which uh, is good. Way. It's good that they. It's not. It's complicated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, from the trailer, it was just assumed law would be there. And yes. That's what we'd see. So the yeah. fact that actually this is a new body and data is in there with law with Lal. With Doctor Soon and B four <laughs> and B four, um, yeah. probably the Enterprise D janitor, um, <laughs> maybe Mot the barber is in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I would love if we had a whole bunch of extra random people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just threw. We had a bit of extra um, storage space, so we just threw in like a, a whole bunch of other people. Yeah. <laughs> 
put in, we put Doom, uh, Doom Two is on there as well. It's like, yeah, bored. Um, Frogger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take up much room. <laughs> what data does we do find out the data has projectorized? So, he, um, you could you could play Doom on 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 data. He's got the RTD yeah. to upgrade. <laughs> Yeah, I did. <laughs> that comes right at the end, doesn't it? Um, that was a moment where I just thought, that is a bit silly. Why, yeah, why, <laughs> why, he, why would that be built in? Why yeah, is that why a function? Is it, it felt like that was a function because at that point in the plot, it'd be really, it'd be a quick, convenient <laughs> way to to convey that information because rather than like a realistic function that data would be built with. I did ch- like, yeah, I did chuckle with that. It yeah, is, it is oh. funny. I might be the only one who went, yes, he's got projector eyes. <laughs> I think you might yeah. be. <laughs> oh. well, if any of our listeners are excited about projector eyes, please let us know so I don't feel so alone. Because <laughs> yeah. Picard has a golem body. Has he got projector eyes? Yeah. No, because yeah. they specifically state they didn't give him superpowers. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, is projector eyes a superpower? It's like the power, the power of a of a, a school assembly overhead projector. <laughs> I can't believe you're saying that, mate. You, you literally have a, a projector in in your house for big screen film watching. You are you're right, and I I brag about it and consider it akin to a superpower. So. If you could yeah. take it with you. In my eyes. In your eyes oh. and project on any wall at any time. Okay, I take it back. Why wouldn't you build that? The question <laughs> is, why hasn't every uh, Android been built <laughs> with projectors? The bigger question is, where on data do you insert the Blu-ray? <laughs> I think we know, Rick. Uh, yeah, we do. It's, it, it's up his bum, let's just say. <laughs> no question. Although is there room because he's inflatable, isn't he? So. I think there'd be like is. there'd be room for one USB port there. Yeah, yeah it's gonna be. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so yeah, we've, we've 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 established data, but obviously they had to leave them. Uh, they had to leave the crew. Well, they had to leave the away team on Daystrom yeah. while um, the Titan went somewhere else. Um, and where that is is the Fleet Museum. Oh yeah, Ethan Prime. Yeah, so the Fleet Museum is based around the old space dock, which we assume is the space dock we saw beginning from Star Trek Three, Search for Spock. Um, yeah. But somehow they managed to move to another system. I mind boggles at that feat of engineering. Um, but of course, it is being run by Geordie LaForge. But not not only that, it's legacy uh, ships from the movies oh, yes. and the TV shows, and oh my word, it's like I al- I almost feel like the excitement of Geordie being there is slightly overshadowed by all of the starship porn that we're that's thrown at us at that point. It is pretty exciting. So obviously we see we see an original Constitution class. Um, yeah. Interestingly, not in the configuration that we see in Strange New Worlds. Uh, yes, I, I've heard yeah. a lot of fan uh, kind of moaning slash confusion around that. It's like, is uh, to be yeah, honest, I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't notice or care. Yeah, I don't. I don't care. I don't. I don't feel you need to shoehorn the thing into Strange New Worlds that the Enterprise at some point gets a refit before Kirk takes it. I'm yeah. really not that bothered. Um, 
but it was still. The, the it was bridge, I mean, the bridge looks massively different, yeah. right? So, what is the is the refit organ also going to give it a much smaller bridge? And yeah, probably. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I I completely agree. I don't. It doesn't bother yeah. me. It's just it's a, it's just a, a different visual representation of the same yeah. thing. Yeah, I, do, I mean, yeah. I do not have a problem with that, but a lot of people get very angry about it. Yeah, I just feel like what's the what would be the cooler thing to see at that point? Like the sort of you know the old kind of original design or the or the strange new worlds design and it, it it's it's the original design isn't it isn't that the bigger kind of fan fan well, moment to this see episode that? is balls deep in the nostalgia so you might as well just go with it yeah yeah i agree yeah. uh we yeah. see the defiant <coughs> as well which is i know that's cool um at the enterprise a which is awesome yeah yeah that was really cool yeah. i mean it was all cool but that that was great to see that that ship. And so, what what is really nice is they actually have a moment on the bridge where basically Seven starts giving Jack a, a can you, can you name this ship kind of a tour of some old favourites. Um, yeah. Through the Enterprise and uh, through the Defiant and uh, Voyager as well, which obviously for Seven is a pretty important ship. Yeah, and what I liked about that scene is that it they. They managed to disguise the fact that it was it was a total fan service uh, kind of starship porn moment, but they disguise it really well as a character moment, and I, I, I it, that worked for me. I was like, I, I think I think Jack and Seven would would have that conversation, and I like that they they mm. had that sort of moment together because I, I, I don't I don't think Jack and Seven are two characters that we've seen share a lengthy dialogue scene together before no they've had a few moments but more actually based so yeah i mean there's um, a bit where there's a bit where seven says i'm kind of surprised that uh, you you know these ships so well or like considering you're not a huge fan of starfleet or yeah. something along those lines and jack's like i still really love starships yeah. <laughs> but this one is my personal favorite kirk's enterprise Perfectly clean retro lines. Yep, I'm definitely a Constitution class man. It's a fair amount of history for somebody who doesn't give a damn about Starfleet. Oh no, I've always loved a starship. God blimey, I love starships. I, don't, I love starships. I do. I love starships, don't I? Um, but it's also, it's important because it puts the idea of the it, we see the bounty from Star Trek Four. Yeah, with its cloaking device. That, I mean, that's that's so cool as well. I mean, that's yeah, a, yeah, really cool. So, I mean, according to a new thing. Yeah. So, according to Memory Alpha, the ships the ships that are seen are the USS Sentinel, which is a Kira class, USS Wershing, a Kira class. Oh. USS. I didn't know about the Wershing. Which I think that's a reference to the actor that played the Borg Queen in season two, who yeah, sadly, who passed, sadly away. passed away. Yeah. yeah. Um, USS Stargazer, Constellation oh, yes. class. The new, the New Jersey, the New Jersey, which is uh, <laughs> a Constitution class, and that's I think that's um, that's uh, NCC one nine seven five because Terry Metalis is he's from New Jersey and he was born in nineteen seventy five. Enterprise A, Constitution two class, the Defiant, Defiant class. 
Excelsior, Excelsior class. Yes. Um, Voyager, Intrepid class. USS Leo de, Leon de Grants, Lancelot class. Um, Saratoga, Miranda class. Ooh. The Lexington, Nebula class. The Pioneer, the Pioneer class. And the USS Argo, Sabre class. And also the um, the refit NX01. Yeah. Hello. Yes. Yes. Now that was very oh, exciting. Oh, that was. I so did that. Is a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> yes, no. because there was plans in place before Enterprise was cancelled that the ship would get a refit where it would gain essentially gain a bottom engineering section. Um, and it's always been so. This this has now made that a canon thing that happened. So, yeah, that's really cool. And it also feels course, like, like, could we get an episode in the future where we go back to that ship and and we see Archer as a as a hologram? I mean that that that's that's a, that again. That's getting getting back into the realms of fan fantasy. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And the, the existence of that ship and its refit configuration undermines um, these are the voyages. Ah. Where the Enterprise was to be decommissioned while still in its original for, uh, configuration. Yeah, I I think the hollow program that Waraka watches is is. Duff. I think he got given a Duff Holler program. Exactly. That's, that's, that's my, that's, that's yeah. my head cannon for that. So, so we can say Trip is fine. Yeah, Trip isn't dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you might be by now, but that's you know, well, he, that's acceptable. Yeah. I think pi- uh, like Riker got like a pirated version of the yes. of the events essentially. <laughs> like, a, yeah. but that is so cool. I mean, oh man, all the stuff at the Fleet Museum is. Mm. I mean, it is a, it is fan service. Let's not deny that. Yeah, but it, but it, but it is also just like a window into, like, okay, so this stuff is still around. Like this, this history is still present. You know, and it is like, it, I mean, I mean, can't literally go to that museum because it's in a fictional universe. But, but it is like going there. Like it, it, it does give you that sort of sense of yeah. history. Like you get to see a bit of the. Like the the Federation Starfleet does take care of its history, and it is a chance to to sort of know what's what's still there. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I mean, and the, yeah. the moment where you see Voyager and the old the old Voyager theme kicks in that that was really nice. Oh yeah, and it's kind of it's kind yeah. of ironic that the ships are kept in like a in a museum, and some of the captains are kept in a. In a, in, a, in a sort of museum, I guess. Yeah, they are, aren't they? Like a natural history museum. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, although one that's not open to the public. No. God, no, no. Although the the the, the welcome, it does say welcome to Daystrom um, Station. It does, yeah, it does sound like a sort yeah. of public facing. You, you just need, like, the right, you need a key, I guess, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to Day Stream. And, and but if you're not uh, supposed to be here, we're going to kick your ass. Yeah, we're going to run unleash Moriarty yeah. on you. You <laughs> bastard. <laughs> it, uh, and uh, as much as I enjoyed this episode, there was I as soon as I saw those ships, I was like, "Oh my god, are they are they going to steal one of those ships?" Because mm. we get mm. the we get the understanding that all modern starships are um are sort of networked, yeah. So 
that gives us a reason why an older starship would have an advantage over the Titan. Like, like Battlestar Galactica. Yes, yeah, very much like that. So I thought, oh my god, are they gonna are they gonna are they gonna steal the Enterprise A? Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? Um but they don't. They steal the uh, <laughs> how oh. it's all right. <laughs> They'll steal <laughs> just just put the chair on my foot. It's fine. I'll I'll get over it. Sorry. I forgive you. <laughs> um But they so the, the younger characters decide to go on a uh Crazy. On a on a sneaky heist, sneaky heist. Um, well, yeah. How do you how do you fun. feel about a little bit of mild larceny? <laughs> I think is what he says. What's your temperance for some, shall we say, minor larceny? It's supposed to blow the bloody doors off. Of bounty. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, It'd be great if if Jack sees one of those like big changes and goes like you're you're a big bloke but you're out of shape. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, <laughs> I, I I really enjoy Geordie's reaction to that as well. And they start trying to install the stolen cloak, and he gets mm, like stolen yeah. cloak and dies. Um, and then his reaction to Jack is like stay away from my daughter. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I quite like the whole thing with Jack and um, mm. and Jordy's daughter. Like it doesn't it doesn't feel it doesn't feel too unnatural that in in that kind of situation you 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 might be looking for for that. And I I I, I kind of believe those characters might be attracted yeah, to each other. I do. You know why not? Yeah. Uh, I think that's a, a, mm. yeah, I'm yeah. Okay, no, I with think that. that's fine. I think that works perfectly fine. Yeah, doesn't yeah. feel too forced. Yeah. No, no. no. It's like, um, I, uh, yeah, I, th- I think Jack might be trying to get laid, and I mean, he's got a lot going on. But yeah. like, you know, why not? <laughs> yeah. Well, we've we've kind of skipped over the fact that actually, in early in this episode, the reveal that Jack has inherited erotic syndrome yes. from yeah. Um, I found that quite interesting that he he didn't keep his uh, visions uh, hallucinations a secret. Mm. And he told he told his mother, which very much this. goes against the rule of TV writing, yes. where if something important happens, that character should absolutely tell no one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what, would, what would Jack do if he got bitten by a zombie? Would he go and tell everyone? Would he keep it secretly? <laughs> turned? <Idiot. I> mean, <laughs> obviously, you have to do the second one. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise the story happens too quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, he has a he has a. Interesting conversation with Picard as well about that about, about his inheritance and stuff like yeah. that. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a very uh, it's a, it's a really well written scene. There's some, there's some nice lines in there. Like he mentions he mentions those like the the when Japanese teacups that are broken and they put them back together with gold yeah. soldier. Turns out I'm not crazy. No, I'm just broken. Now, the way I see it, I can either wallow in self-pity or I can be like those Japanese teacups which get put back together with melted gold. Or in my case, bourbon. That's quite a cool reference, actually, isn't it? It's a kintsugi. I really want to get... I haven't got one. I really want, like, a kintsugi teacup. Oh, yeah. It's kind of cool. And then he says something about Van Gogh having an inflated brain or an inflamed brain, doesn't he? 
And he's yeah. not, I can't, I don't know yeah. what that is exactly, but he needs something and some ears or something. It's like a, it's quite a lyrical line, I thought. Mm-hmm. I, I like that line. Yeah. I like yeah. that dialogue. It's yeah. a nice moment, actually, between them as well. It's enjoying their developing relationship as that goes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Although, it has it, it has softened a lot. I think. <laughs> I think it's it's worth pointing out that aromatic syndrome seems to be the catch-all explanation for Jack's issues so far. However, I don't recall aromatic syndrome giving Picard the ability to suddenly go all like kick-ass ninja on some guys. Well, no, red, well, red eyes. That's that's something that's vaguely addressed in the next episode. Mm. Yeah, I, di- I I feel like it's a misdiagnosis yeah. um, <laughs> from from Beverly. Yeah. Yeah, something else is going on. She's literally diagnosed, uh, correctly diagnosed, a nebula as being in labour, <laughs> but she's missed. She's messed up this one on her own son. <laughs> yeah, which actually just goes to show why well, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't practice medicine on your own family. Right, you can't, you can't stay. You can't That's keep that distance. Saying. You need. They keep telling me not to do that with my children, but I won't listen. Yeah, when, I mean, when it's keyhole surgery, it's exactly. it's, it's awkward. Yeah, but, but someone's got to do it. <laughs> well, but do they? <laughs> how will you how will you learn if you don't practice? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, but it's not it's not the diagnosis on Jack that's that's uh, in question. We're, we're moving on to the next episode. Yeah, but yeah, the, the, yeah, the next yeah. episode suggests that actually maybe Picard never did have it. Yeah, Irum, aromatic Irum, syndrome. Aromatic syndrome. <laughs> aromatic syndrome. <laughs> yeah. It never did smell that great. <laughs> um, but coming back to this episode, yes. um, so Geordie has uh, so like everyone has daddy issues in in yeah. this series, don't they? And uh, Geordie's daughter is no different. Um, but like, I, I really liked all all that stuff. I I think we get. I feel like the episode where we introduce a new. TNG character back into the show, that character gets uh, some good time mm. in the episode for yeah. us to establish who, who they are now, mm. what's going on with them, and I, I I liked all of the like the the you know Geordie struggling as a as a father. Yeah, because yeah. we meet his other daughter as well, don't mm. we? Alandra, yeah. Alandra, and and this is like Geordie in this episode is is. Uh, quite a bit different, I think, to the mm. last time we saw him. Mm. Now he's a father. Yeah. Like he's very. He's, he's been changed by that experience. You know, like like you guys, like you were saying, well, like people, people change over time, and it has been a long time since we last seen most of these characters. So yeah, it makes sense. Mm. And his his conversations with with Picard are really interesting. Like he's like, I want to help you, but but I I can't I can't risk the lives of my children. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he draws a, a distinction. It was one thing to put my life on the line at your command on the Enterprise D, but now I've got I've got daughters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I, I like that we take the time to understand that character motivation, and mm-hmm. and again, it and it feels believable that that Geordie would be in that position. You know, he's not he's not saying he doesn't want to help Picard. Mm-hmm. He's he's torn, and the yeah. the thing that's that's making him not want to get involved is is completely valid so yeah. you know it's i 
it's a completely believable reason that that character would get involved. Yeah. But of course he does. Mm, of course he does. Oh. But there's also, there's also the interesting scene where he basically tells his, his adult daughter to stop being so silly and come home now. Yeah. Um, and she's like, but no, this is my job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I work my job. Yeah. And and she's she's in the position that he was just talking about with Picard. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, like when, like he she, that that's it. That is it. It's that I don't know. It's that transference of of, of perspective, I guess. Yeah, yeah. He gets a nice moment later on with her, where he sort of you know he's thanks for doing the thing that he he wouldn't he didn't do, and he feels that he, you know he would have done it where he were he younger mm-hmm. um, i'm not mad at you for what you did i'm disappointed in myself for not doing what my younger self would have done i'm proud of you sydney oh, that's a cool moment yeah i do i do feel like did we miss a bit of a trick for seeing like why didn't we see the uh the actual heist on the bounty. I want to see. Yeah. I want to see Jack and and Geordie's daughters sneak onto the bounty and get the the cloaking device. But so those those Klingon sets are expensive. <laughs> it would have been a whole new set thing to build from over and yeah. time as well. Do you still yeah. feel gypped that you, they only took the? the Why didn't they take the, the whole freaking bounty? Oh, guys. So Alantra says. To Geordie, what about in Hangar Twelve? Yeah, it down. yeah. Still in Hangar Twelve. Yeah, is it? Oh, is it the? Is it the Enterprise D? Like, um, I'm your... fairly sure it will be the Enterprise D. <laughs> I think they pulled the saucer up, and I, if I know Geordie, he'll have been tinkering with it, got it, got it working, and it's there. And that that whole needing a non-network ship thing is going to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're holding that back for the finale, maybe. That's my theory. Um, The way this series is going along, if I'm completely wrong, I won't mind because I'm fairly confident at this point um, they're going to do something awesome. Yeah, there's 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 something. There's a ship in Hangar Twelve that we surely we're going to see because Mm. why have that line of dialogue otherwise? It's it's the Chekhov's gun, isn't it? You got you you, if you mention it there, you've got to have it by the end. So yeah, yeah. I suppose any other relevant point to mention is that when they go back to rescue the team, they don't get Riker. Mm. No. Riker no. Riker holds off the other um, holds off the changelings so Wolf and Rafi can get data back to the Titan. Yeah. Uh, is captured and then he, fi- he finds out that he's he's captured but also they've already snatched Troy. Oh yeah. Yeah, well oh, I mean I suppose we don't know for sure that Troy isn't a change the the try that we see there isn't a changeling mm. and it's not a deception mm. but i but i assume i assume that it's that it's yeah, real probably um yeah. because they they have a line of dialogue early on where vadic says go go you know we, we need to find everyone who's ever been associated with mm. yeah, colleagues allies family so yeah and it's yeah, like and they make a big point that geordie makes a big point all the way through that his family's at risk if, if I side with you here, Picard, mm. they'll go after my family. So yeah, it would make sense. 
And of course, we get the reveal that it is the remain, the human remains of Captain Picard oh, that have been stolen from from Daystrom, and that is the that is the, the, the thing. thing. That's the terrible weapon that they stole. Yeah. Um. So that yeah, that sets us up for the next episode, oh. really. In the uh, interest of time, unless anyone's got any other big things about this episode to say, should we wrap up? I, no, I, I think, think I think we've covered it pretty well. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I think so. Well, join us again for um, episode seven of series three, and uh, we're talking about that soon. So, thank you very much for listening. Yes, thanks everyone. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Love you. Bye. 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 Do you realise how incredible this is? It's tradition. You ever noticed her bum? What? That bum. Oh no! I will say. I will say. Fewer things. Fewer things. Okay. Enough of this self-indulgence. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, our website is www.loweredexradio.co.uk. You can reach us on the Twitters at at 10backward, 10 being the number and backward being the word backward. We're also on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash 10backward podcast. You can also email us at crew at loweredexradio.co.uk. On a personal, individual level, my Twitter is at Will Turland. Rick Everson's Twitter is at TrekFanRick. And Rick Palmer's Twitter is at Mr. Imhotep. Hi, thank you again for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, you might consider supporting us. We have now have a Patreon uh, where people can uh, pledge small amounts to fund uh, ongoing projects like uh, keeping our website up to date, our uh, Um, new audio equipment as we're going along and potentially uh, opportunities to expand our content Uh, you can go look at this at patreon.com forward slash lower decks radio if you don't feel you can donate but would still like to support us we would love if you could subscribe to us or however get your podcast through itunes stitcher google play or we're on various third party apps and if you could leave us a review on any of those that would be fantastic and would be very appreciative Thanks again for listening, and please tune in for more podcasts from the 10 Backward Crew. Let's make sure history never forgets the name. 10 Backward? Laddie, don't you think you should rephrase that? 10 Backward. 10 Backward. 11 years, 5 months, 4 days. Minus your infrequent messages and the annual bottle of sour mead. Sour mead? Chateau Picard. It is quite tart, sir.